Chapters 42 through 49 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1 by Palladius, translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. The Sleepervox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 42 of the Blessed Woman Olympias. Now, the holy and chaste woman Olympias, while journeying in the footsteps of this woman Melania, was emulating her in the excellence of her divine life and labors and she was seized with a fervent desire of traveling in the path which leadeth to heaven, and in every respect she made herself cling close to the divine books. This woman was in the flesh the daughter of Count Seleucius. But if we say what is true, in the spirit she was the daughter of God. Now she was the daughter of the son of Abilinius, a man who held counselory rank in Constantinople, and she was for a few days the daughter-in-law of Nebridius, the sub-prefect of Constantinople, but in truth she was not the wife of the man, for they say concerning her that she died in purity and in her virginity, and that she lived only according to the divine word in chastity, wherein was mingled true humility, that she made herself a friend of and minister unto all those who were needy. Now her abundant riches sufficed for this work, and it is impossible to reckon up that which she used to distribute to every one with a sincere intent. For there is not a city, or a district, or a deserted place, or an island, or a shore, which did not enjoy the gifts of this glorious woman. And she gave gifts also to the churches for their maintenance, and to the houses wherein strangers were received, and also to the prisons, and, moreover, to those who were in exile. And so to speak, on the whole world, this blessed woman, scattered her arms broadcast. And she leapt upon and descended the utmost apart of the lofty mountain of humility, wherein nothing whatsoever was to be seen of the acts and deeds of vainglory or of deceitful action or appearance, but the life of simplicity and common garb, and the emaciated body and the submissive mind, and the understanding which is without arrogance, and the lowly heart and the watching of vigil, and the spirit which is without anxious care, and the love which hath no limits, and friendship without end, and the holding in contempt the operation of the feelings, and the restraint from everything harmful, and the mind which is simple towards God, and the hope which never faileth, and the loving kindness which is unspeakable, and the thoughtful care of all poor folk. Now this woman suffered many temptations through the agency of that evil devil, who loveth hateful things, and who hath never had experience of things which are good and she endured great contendings for the sake of the name of Christ. And she gave herself unto tears, which were without measure, both day and by night. And she submitted herself unto all sorts and conditions of the children of men for the sake of God. And she bowed down reverently before holy bishops, and she paid homage to the elders, and she entreated in an honorable manner the clergy, as well as the orders of monks who dwelt in the monastic houses. And she received with welcome the virgins, and she visited the widows, and she reared the orphans, and she strengthened those who were in a state of old age, and she had care for the sick, and she mourned with the sinners, and she led the erring into the right path, and she tended everyone, and she converted many women among those who did not believe, and prepared them for life. She left behind her to the world a beautiful remembrance, and she changed the slavery into freedom of all the members of her household who were about a myriad in number. 
and she showed unto them honor in the same degree as her noble family. And if, as is right, we must tell the truth, she made them to become of more account than herself. It was impossible for any man to see a peril worse than hers in any one, for the garments of this brave woman were not as good as those of the people who cover themselves with the oldest rags, and the food which she offered to her body was of such an inferior class that on account of its poorness it was rejected even by her servants. But this woman who was clothed in Christ, no blame was ever found in any one, not even in her own neighbors, all through her life which was not a life by reason of the repentance and in the vehement tears wherewith she burned. One may perchance see a fountain which, owing to the violence of the heat, had dried up, but no man ever saw the eyes of this woman which were fixed upon Christ ever lacking tears. But of what use is it for us to tell and to devote myself so strenuously to narrate things concerning her? For the contendings of this woman, who was perfect in excellence, were so exceedingly numerous that they were more in number than those which are declared concerning her, and men would only imagine concerning me that I was narrating from hearsay concerning things which were not true about this woman Olympias, who became a vessel of honor of the divine spirit, and who was above all passions. Nevertheless, I was a spectator of her excellence and her angelic acts and deeds, and I was, as it were, a member of her household, and her kinsmen in the spirit, and she made by my counsel gifts unto many from her possessions. And this woman, who never thought about the things which were in the flesh, suffered many vain calumnies for the sake of the truth, and those who were living in divine fear in Constantinople rightly deemed that she should be numbered with the confessors, because even unto the death she persisted in striving for righteousness' sake, and in performing her works she received perfection, and she waited, hopefully, for the never-withering crown, which was full of all blessings, in the everlasting mansions on high, with all the saints who were like unto her, and she sought after the reward of her good deeds with freedom or boldness of speech. Chapter 53 Of the Blessed Woman Candida And after the manner of the Blessed Woman Candida, the daughter of the Blessed Man Trajan, the general, also labored, and she strived at the perfection of ascetic excellence, and she offered unto the bishops, who were the ministers of the mysteries of Christ, the homage which was meet for them. And she provided suitably for the performance of all the service of the church, and supplied the clergy with gifts, unto each man according to his grade. She converted her daughter and placed her in the ranks of the virgins, and she offered unto God this gift of the fruit of her womb, and sent her before her, and finally she herself also became like unto her daughter in the chastity of her purity, and she distributed her wealth among the poor and needy. And I know that night after night this brave woman used to rise up from her bed, and grind corn, and heat the oven, and make bread for the offering, and bake it with her own hands. And she was wont to say that she did this in order to reduce the strength of her body. For, she added, because I am unable to receive any benefit from fasting, I have taken unto myself this labor for watching, so that I may do away with the greedy appetite of Isu. Now she separated herself from every kind of meat, where there is blood, fish alone excepted, and she made use of oil and vegetables, but these only on festival days. And on all other days she used to live on dry bread dipped in vinegar, and it sufficed her. 
and she awaited with hope the resurrection, which was to be full of happiness, in return for these stern labors, and she hoped to enjoy the everlasting delights which God hath prepared for those who love him. Chapter 44 Of the Blessed Woman, Galazia And Galazia, the daughter of a man of the rank of tribune, desired earnestly to follow in the fear of God after this woman whose life and deeds were glorious, and her excellence consisted in never allowing the sun to go down upon her wrath against man, neither against her servants nor against any other man. And this blessed woman fled from the path of men of wrath, which leadeth unto everlasting death. Chapter 45 Of the Blessed Woman, Juliana And again, there was a certain virgin whose name was Juliana, in Caesarea of Cappadocia, and it was said concerning her that she was a believing woman and a woman of understanding, and that in the time of persecution, when the writer Origen was fleeing from the heathen, she received him and laid him in her house for two years, and she fed and kept him at her own expense, and made him to be satisfied and content with her ministration. Now I have found these things set down in a certain book, which was in the handwriting of Origen himself, and I found this book in the possession of the excellent virgin Juliana in Caesarea, who had hidden it, and who used to say that she received it from Symmachus, the expositor of the Jews. And I have not set down in writing the story of the excellences of these glorious women for any ordinary purpose, but that we may learn that by every means whatsoever we may, if we wish, find sundry and diverse occasions for obtaining spiritual advantage. Chapter 46 of Heronion and his wife Bosphoria. In Ancheria, a city of Galatia, I met a man whose name was Herion, an Apacamotos, and an enlightened man, and his wife whose name was Bosphoria, or Dosphoria. And of their mode of living and acts, I experienced an example. Now these folk had such a firm hope in the happiness or good things which were to come, that they neglected even their children, for they awaited with hope the actual fulfillment of the things to come, and they distributed among the poor and needy the income which they derived from their villages, notwithstanding the fact that they had four male and two female children. To these children they never gave anything whatsoever, except to the daughters who had married husbands. And finally they used to say, After we are dead, everything will be yours. But during our lifetime, the income which we derive from our villages, we shall take for ourselves. Now they used to divide their monies among the churches and monasteries and houses for the receiving of strangers or hospitals. And among the poor and needy, and besides these things, they performed the following act of excellence. There was a great famine, and every man shut up or restrained his mercy. But these folk opened the storehouses which they had in their villages, and gave food to eat to those who were famished. And through this act the heretics who were living in that country were changed and were turned under the true knowledge, when they saw their unspeakable loving-kindness. And they gave praise unto God for the simplicity of their faith. And other examples of their excellence were the following. The modest garb, common and simple apparel, food eaten but rarely, and then only in such quantity as was sufficient to maintain life. And they lived, meanwhile, in a state of chastity which was acceptable unto God. They dwelt in the fields several days at a time, loving a life of silent contemplation, 
and they fled from the tumult of cities, and from the evils which are begotten of them, lest when they were living among a crowd of people something might come upon them to disturb them, and they might fall from their divine state of mind. For this reason the blessed men were doing all these excellent things, because that with the eyes of understanding they had already looked upon the good things which had been forever prepared for them. Chapter 47 Of the Blessed Woman Magna In this city of Ankara there was also many other virgins who led lives of ascetic excellence, and they were two thousand or more in number, and they kept themselves in restraint and served God with great humility, and among them were also famous women who triumphed with glorious and strenuousness in the contending of the fear of God, and of those was Magna, the chaste and proved wife. Now I know not whether I ought to describe her as a virgin or as a widow, for this woman, owing to the pressure which was put upon her by her mother, was yoked unto a husband, but she used to make pretenses to her husband in diverse ways, and she avoided his embraces by urging the bodily sicknesses which he had on her as an excuse. And thus she was, according to what the members of her household said, preserved spotless from him. Now after a short time the man died, and left everything which he had unto her alone, and she exchanged the things of time for those which are everlasting, and she offered herself wholly to God, and devoted herself unto the things which belonged unto the life which is to come. And thus she lived a life in the great chastity of the fear of God, and even the bishops were put to shame by the sight of her. Now the rest of the building, i.e. the edifice of her spiritual excellences, she made perfect in the furnace of the love of voluntary poverty, and whatsoever there remained unto her she gave, as it is written, gladly unto the churches and monasteries and houses, for receiving poor strangers, and unto the orphans and widows. She abode continually in the church and served God, and awaited the hope which was to come. Chapter 48 of the monk Misericors, who lived in Ankara. And moreover, we found in this city a certain monk, and we met him at the time when he had just received the laying on of the hands as an elder. Formerly he had been a husbandman, but he had labored in the life of a solitary recluse, or monk, for twenty years, and he had lived in holy intercourse with the bishop of the city, who was a holy man, and he was such a benevolent man that even in the night time he would go round about and visit those who were poor and needy, and he was so indefatigably in his work that he neglected neither the prison house nor the house of the sick, i.e. hospital, nor the houses of the rich and poor, but he helped everyone. He urged the rich with words which were full of mercy, and he exhorted them to fair deeds, and he toiled with anxious care on behalf of the poor and needy in respect of those things which were meet for them. Those who were struggling in contention he brought nigh unto peace, and those who were naked he clothed with raiment, and he labored for the sick, and brought them the bindings up which conducted to their healing. Now there existed in the city of Ankara that which existeth rightly in large cities, that is to say, in the porch of the church thereof there lay a great number of poor folk, who were in the habit of going about begging for their daily bread, and among them were certain men who had wives. And it fell out on the night of a certain day that one of these women was about to give birth to a child, and by reason of the pain which was darting through her, and the severe anguish of the birth pangs, 
She cried out loudly, and the blessed man heard her outcries from the church as she was praying. And the blessed man ceased praying and went forth to see what was happening, although it was winter. And seeing that there was no man nigh unto her in her necessity, he himself filled the place of a midwife. And he abhorred not the shame which attacheth unto those who give birth to children, for the great act of loving-kindness which he was about to perform did not grant unto him the perception of such things. Now of this blessed man the garments or possessions were so utterly poor that they were worth nothing at all, for by reason of the loving-kindness which dwelt in him he took no pains at all to acquire any possession whatsoever, for if any one gave him a book he straightway went and sold it, and unto those who inquired of him concerning it, saying, Why didst thou sell the book? He said, How am I to persuade the master or teacher that I have in truth learned his handicraft, unless I make use of his testimony as to the true meaning of his handicraft? And this holy man thereupon persisteth in this course of action until this day, and he hath left behind him unto all those who dwell in that country a never-fading remembrance, and he is happy with the expectation of the good things which are forever. And he waiteth to receive the reward of the labors of his triumphs in the kingdom from him who said, I was in hungered, and ye gave me to eat. I was naked, and ye clothed me. St. Matthew twenty-five thirty-five thirty-six. Chapter 49 of John of Lycus, the city of Theobad. John, who lived in the city of Lycus, who had learned in his youth the craft of the carpenter, and whose brother was a dyer, afterwards, when he was about five and twenty years old, took upon himself the garb of monkhood, and having lived in diverse monasteries for five years, he finally departed by himself to the mountain which is in Lycus, to the lofty eminence which is on the top of the mountain, and made three cells for himself there. Now he built and prepared these for himself in the first year after he went into the mountain and went up into it. The first cell was for the needs of the body. In the second he labored at the work of his hands and took his food. And in the third he said his prayers. And during the three or thirty years in which he was in seclusion, there he was wont to receive whatsoever was necessary for him through the window from him that ministered unto him. Now this blessed man was worthy to receive from God the gift of being able to declare things before they came to pass. And on several occasions he made known things before they happened unto the blessed emperor Theodosius. I mean he foretold that he would conquer Maximus the rebel and would return from Galatia. And he also announced to him beforehand concerning the defeat of Eugenius the rebel. And thus the fame of this holy man went forth greatly and he was held to be a man of spiritual excellence. Now therefore, when we were in the desert of Nitria, I and the members of the following of the Blessed Origin wished to gain exact information concerning the state of spiritual excellence to which the man had attained. Thereupon the Blessed Evagrius said, I am very desirous of learning from someone who is skilled in the investigation of the mind and understanding what manner of man John of Lycus is. For though I myself am unable to see him, still I can learn from another man concerning his qualities of excellence, if he be able to narrate them. But I cannot go so far as his mountain. Now when I had heard these things, I said nothing whatsoever to any man, and I held my peace for a day, but on the morrow I shut up my cell, 
and having confided myself to the hands of God, I set out on my journey to go to the Theobad, where I arrived after eighteen days, on some of which I walked on my feet, and on others I sailed on the river. For it was the period of a year when the river riseth, and when many folk fall sick, the which also happened unto me. And when I had gone to John of Lycos, I found that he had shut himself up in the place wherein he lived in seclusion. And I took up my abode with the brethren in a great house, which contained about one hundred men, in which the brethren had built a long time. For though they shut in John during the other days of the week on Saturday and Sunday, they used to open his window. When therefore I had learned the rule concerning his seclusion, I waited until the Saturday, and at the second hour I drew nigh and found him sitting in the opening in the wall or window, wherein he waited to administer comfort and consolation unto those who thronged unto him. And having saluted me, he said unto me through an interpreter, Whence art thou, my son, and why hast thou come? Thou appearest to me to belong unto the congregation of Evagrius. And I said unto him, I am a stranger from the country of the Galatians, and I confess that I also belonged unto those who were followers of Evagrius. Now whilst we were conversing together, behold, Elipius, the governor of the country, came unto him. And as the governor turned to him, John ceased to talk to me, and I left them for a little space and gave them opportunity to talk. And I rose up and departed from the mountain. And when they had passed much time in their converse, I became impatient and angry, and I murmured against that excellent man, because it seemed as if he had treated me lightly, and had paid honor to the governor. And being offended in my mind at this treatment, I made up my mind to go away because of his disregard of me. Then John called unto his interpreter, whose name was Theodore, and said unto him, Go and say unto that brother, be not angry and impatient, for I will dismiss the governor immediately, and then I will speak with thee. Thus it appeared to me that, like a spiritual being, he had knowledge of secret things, and I made up my mind to remain. And when the governor had departed, John called unto me, and said unto me, My son, why wast thou vexed with me? What hast thou found which was worthy of being considered? An offense? Thou hast imagined things which are not to be found in me and which are not credible unto thyself. Dost thou not know that it is written, Those who are whole have no need of a physician? St. Matthew 9.12, St. Mark 2.17, St. Luke 5.31 Only those who are in very evil case have need of him. Thee I can find whensoever I wish. And if I myself do not comfort thee, the brethren and the other fathers will do so. But this governor who hath come to us is tightly bound unto the calminator by means of the affairs of this world, and having obtained respite for a brief space of the vain labors of his abominable servitude, he fleeth like a slave from his master, and cometh to be helped. Therefore it would not be seemly to leave him, and to be constant in attention unto thee, for thou art at all seasons occupied with the cultivating of thy life. And having said these things, I entreated him to forgive me, and I became certain in my mind that he was a spiritual man. Then, with a smile, he patted my left cheek with his right hand, and said unto me, Many temptations will rise up for thee to endure, and moreover, for many years past, thou hast struggled to go forth from the desert, and thou strugglest even to this day. But thou hast been afraid, 
and the causes thereof which were thought by thee to arise from the fear of God, hath the evil one himself sowed in thy mind. And although thou didst drive away thy thought from thee, thou hast kept him with thee. For he sowed in thee the thought of desire, which was also pleasant unto thee. That is to say, thou didst care greatly to bring out of the world thy father, and also thy sister, that they might take upon themselves the garb of the monastic life. Now there still remain to thy father seven other years of life. Therefore continue to abide in the desert, and do not account of these thoughts desire to go to thy kinsfolk. For it is written, No man who hath put his hand under the plowshare, and looketh back, is useful to the kingdom of heaven. St. Luke 9.62 Now therefore, being helped by these words, whereby I triumph, I give thanks and praise unto God, who had quieted and laid to rest in me the cause which was urging me to go forth from the desert. Then afterwards he said unto me with a smile, Wishest thou to become a bishop? And I said unto him, I have already been made one. And he said unto me, Where? Then I answered and said unto him, I am the bishop of the public eating houses, and of the taverns, and of tables, and of wine pots, for I am a visitor of them. And if the wine hath gone sour, I know enough to observe it, and that which is fit to drink I drink. Similarly, I visit the cooking pot, and if it needeth salt or any seasoning whatsoever, I season it with sauces, and then I eat thereof. For this, that is to say, my visiting is my episcopate, and it is the love of the belly and gluttony which hath made me the visitor of these. And with a smile he said unto me further, Quit these words of thy jesting, for a bishop thou must needs be, and thou wilt have to labor and to be greatly troubled. Now if thou wishest to flee from tribulations and temptations, go not forth from the desert, for in the desert no man will make thee a bishop. And when I had departed from him, I came to the desert, that is, to my place wherein I dwelt. And having related these things unto the blessed fathers, who after two months went and held intercourse with him, I forgot his words. And three years afterwards I fell sick with a sore sickness, which was caused by my kidneys and stomach. And I was sent to Alexandria by the brethren, who believed that I was collecting water, i.e. becoming dropsical. And the physicians counseled me to leave Alexandria, and for the sake of the air or climate, to go to Palestine, where the air or climate was temperate and light and would be beneficial to my body. From Palestine I went to Bithynia, where, for what reason I know not, whether by the care and solicitude of man, or whether by the will of God, who was exalted above all things, I was held to be worthy of the laying on of hands for the episcopacy, which was far above my deserts, and he became an associate in the temptation or trial which arose up against the blessed John Chrysostom, Bishop of Constantinople. And having been secluded for a period of about eleven months in a dark cell, I remembered that blessed man who told me of the things which had happened to me before they came to pass. Now the blessed man, John, related the things unto me according to my opinion, that by means of the narrative he might incite my mind and bring me to continue to dwell in the desert, and he said unto me, Behold, I have passed eight and forty years in this cell, and I have never seen the face of a woman during the whole time, and no man hath either seen me drink nor eat. Now the handmaid of Christ, Pulmina, came unto the blessed man and begged that she might see him, but the blessed man would not allow her to do so, and he sent unto her other spiritual words to give her consolation, 
and he commanded that when she was going down from the Thebad, she should not turn aside to Alexandria, saying that if she did so, she would certainly fall into temptations. But Pomina, forgetting this advice and never letting it enter her mind again, turned aside to Alexandria that she might see the city, and on the way by the side of the city of Nicus, she stopped her ship that she might rest herself, and when her servants had disembarked, through some untoward circumstance, strife broke out between them and the people of the country who were truculent men, and they cut off a finger of one believing man, and another they killed, and without knowing it, they drowned the holy bishop Dionysus in the river, and they made the venerable woman to endure many revilings, and threatened to do much violence unto her, and they beat all her servants with many severe stripes, and they would hardly allow them to proceed on their way. End of chapter 42 through 49